Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. It feels like summer outside, so let's cool down and talk hockey. Former Union College hockey player Jack Adams is back on the podcast. We'll talk about what his plans are for the future, and he'll have some interesting opinions on Union hockey. Well, speaking of Union hockey, my first guest is Dutchman head coach Rick Bennett. I spoke to Bennett on a variety of topics on Wednesday, including the death of Union hockey superfan Raymond Cook, being back on the road recruiting for the first time in over a year, and starting a Twitter account. Rick, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, welcome back again. It's been a while since we actually had you on the podcast. Uh, how's life treating you? Oh, great! It's, uh, students are, you know, graduating here. Nice uh, class graduating here in a few days. It's always nice uh, to, to actually uh, see them fulfill their dreams of getting a degree. And it's, uh, we're we're happy at Union College. So uh, good, good, good job to them. But uh, you know, on the hockey side, uh, sad news. They took the ice out, but they left it in there for a while when we were able to practice. So that was nice, uh, you know, as well, because we had a little extended ice for the team. And that was the first this, this past year. So there, yeah. there were some positives. Yeah, we'll talk about the team in just a moment. But let's, you know, unfortunately, we had to start off with some uh, sad news. Uh, last week we learned uh, that uh, Union College hockey super fan and longtime employee Raymond Cook passed away at the age of 57. Uh, I was reading the story that Michael Kelly wrote uh, in Sunday's paper, and it's still online at dailygazette.com, about after you guys won the East Regional in Bridgeport in 2014, the first thing that was on the guys' minds was trying to get Cookie to uh, Philadelphia for the Frozen Four. What did that tell you about the team and, and Cookie? Well, it's not surprising that the players rallied around and helped Cookie get to you know Philadelphia and to all the you know you know there are a couple of families maybe behind the scenes that did did help the process according to the article so you know I, I really wasn't privy to it until I learned after uh, obviously during during everything that was going on but it, it you know seeing it and, and and reading about it again and hearing about it again it just brought back some good. Really good memories about uh, about Cookie and about that special team. What was he like? I mean, I, I know when I was over practice, he'd be in the stands and uh, he'll chat and uh, just what was he like you know, with the team and, and how much did the team uh, love having him around? I, well, I'll just take a step back. I mean, the players really liked having him around because he was energetic. You know, he's he's talking about. You know, hockey, something that they're passionate about, or maybe they're talking about that person that he's talking to individually, uh, just making that person feel good about their game or whatever's going on in their lives. And I don't know, that to me was a, you know, it was a gift that, you know, Cookie had. He made others feel good about themselves. And, you know, he was a really humble guy. And it was really, every interaction that you had with him, you know, you felt you felt better coming out of it. How much you think we how how much you think we missed uh, when the season resumes in October? Yeah, I 
you know, it's tough for me to comment about the players. I'm sure that's going to hurt. Uh, I know it'll hurt. Uh, for our coaching staff, you know, and personally, you're, you know, you're just going to miss seeing them in the stands walking into the ring or walking into the doors to, you know, to get ready for practice because he'd be, he'd be the first in the stands. And he, I think, I think he beat uh, the players to the, to, to the locker room. Yeah. So, you know, he's outside. He was always in the stands. We talked, go in, change, come out, talk again, uh, as, as we're getting ready before ice. And, you know, it's just always, always positive and what about the past week and what about this upcoming week and you know it's like a little hockey 101 uh you know for the coaching staff yeah well let's uh look ahead to uh this season coming up uh you actually got finally got to get a chance to go out on the road and recruit uh how much fun was that that after not being able to do anything uh for about a year well i'll tell you it was it was kind of it was exciting getting on the road uh, being around hockey and seeing other coaches, talking to coaches of the team, you know, identifying talent is always it's always fun. Uh, you know, to you know, you need to have to do it for your profession. So that, that that was fun. I can tell you, I didn't miss the traffic, but <laughs> other than that, that was the only negative. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How would you? How did you do it this year? Yeah, sitting at home. We, I mean, I know a lot of these leagues weren't playing, so. I mean, how difficult was it to, you know, scout some of these players? Well, I give John Ronan here a ton of, like, all the credit. Uh, you know, we had to bring in a couple players this year. We had a new uh, editing system, a uh, video system that helped us that most teams have out there now. And John was able to recruit you know, about three players off the video this year. And, you know, and he'd, he'd tell me about them. I'd watch it and we, we discussed. But John was the one that, you know, did all the work. And there was a lot of, you know, let's just say person hours to, you know, to get the player within your program here, and especially when you can't visit the campus. So I give John a ton of credit. He did, he did a great job of bringing in the players that we needed. Yeah, uh, one of our listeners, Rob Jones, was, uh, posted a question. He wanted to know what have you had to do differently to recruit players uh, during the pandemic. Well, it's a lot more phone calls, uh, Zoom. Now, well, the Zoom calls are a big, are the new now. It seems, and that was kind of uh, that was exciting as too. You know, just just kind of going through that process because now it adds another element to the recruiting. Uh, but uh, honestly, it was. Thank goodness for this, you know, this new, uh, you know, editing system that you want to call for, for recruiting. And it really helped out a ton because uh, it really broke down the player itself, the player that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you don't have to watch the whole game cut through it. It was already cut through for you, which really saved a lot of hours. Yeah. And of course, the, the big uh, now with the transfer portal situation, uh, another question is from Rob Parker. He's, uh, he's wondering how is the NCAA transfer rule impacting your recruiting and your ability to retain the student athletes? Well, I'd like to say that it, it, it helped us in the fact that we were able to bring an excellent goaltender into our program and Connor Murphy from Northeastern. So it just happened to work out um, for us that, that Connor chose. Union College, based on you know the opportunity that he had here, so you know for us it worked well there. Um, you know for others, 
it was all it just seemed to be seniors. Other other seniors have moved on during the year, so you know that's just the way it way it kind of played out. There's nothing that we could do about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, from day one, we just said that was yesterday, and we've we've, we've moved on. Is the transfer portal the wave of the future now? I mean, it's not only college hockey, but all college sports. I, I think it's the wave of the future today because it's the new exciting tool. Uh, we'll we'll see how exciting it is in a few years. I guess I think that that'll be the kind of the tail of the tape. It's just like most everything else. You just got to wait a few years and see how it kind of plays out because there's only. Like there's only so so many spots on Division One rosters here in college hockey, and that portal seems to be pretty pretty full. And that's not taking into account all the junior the junior players out there. So I really feel for these you know players that, that want to play Division One hockey or or, or Division Three, yeah. mind you. And of course, now you know Robert Morris uh, suddenly, you know, their announcement that they canceled both the men's and women's program. That puts more players in the portal, and that's. I mean, you know, I, I was shocked when that came that announcement came down because I mean, it seemed like they were doing well, and you know, I feel bad for Derek Schooley and all the work, hard work he put in there. I, I that very, very well said, Ken. I again, that was a complete shock. I think I was on a Zoom call with somebody and found out uh, a couple hours later and your first instinct was, uh, you know, I stopped, stopped, you know, climbing around. But, you know, it was it was true. How it all went down seems to be, from the people that I've talked to, not, uh, let's just say, not the best method of, of uh, you know, letting your coaching staff know and your players. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not there. I'm only hearing secondhand. But if that's the way that it went down, you know what? It's that's too bad. It really is too too uh, bad yeah. that, you know, that it had to happen that way. Yeah. yeah. What was the year off like for you and the team? Obviously, you just said they took the ice out. You were able to practice, but I mean, were there, were there moments where you guys were frustrated and say, "You look, we, we maybe we could have played this year." I mean, as I'll say. By the coaching staff and the players, we respected that decision that was made. We understand that, you know, the leaders of this school had to make a tough decision. And and you know what? You gotta respect that. And that's what we did. And once it once it was made, we moved on. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about how how can we get better? And that was that was the only train of thought going forward. And we felt there was a couple couple of tools that we felt that we could get better at. And I look now, I look at the guys, and and we just did a ton of skill development. We did extra work in the weight room. Our, our strength and conditioning coach, Dan Gableman, did a phenomenal job. Still rock with our trainer, kept everyone, you know, for the most part, uh, let's just say COVID-free. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? We, we were able to practice 18 weeks, and we just really focused on skill development. Um, I'd say the last uh, four weeks, um, it was more small games. So, you know what? They were excited to come to the rink. They had a lot of fun. And and, and we were kind of hoping it helps us for next year. Yeah. And in a way, maybe it benefits because you, you don't have, you're not playing every weekend. You, you know, there's not that physical toll, you know, you have, you know, you're banging bodies and all that stuff. So maybe you come back in October and you have a very healthy squad. Yeah, I would like to think so. You know, you just, you know, you hope the guys are, 
you know, and, and it happens. Like it happened to us a few years ago. You know, it, it just guys get it's a physical sport. Um, as you're getting ready for the sport too, you never know what happens in the weight room or running, biking, whatever. But you know, the guys do, we're doing the right things, and they're going to carry on do the right things over the summer. And we're and we're and we got to use that, as you say. You know what? Maybe we're healthier. We use that for us, especially in the month of. Uh, you know, October and November and kind of leading that first half. Yeah. Well, you just named a new assistant coach, uh, T.J. Manisterski. Uh, t- tell us a little more about him. I'm really excited to have uh, T.J. on board. You know, I was a head, head coach at Curry for numerous years, nine, ten-plus years, so he's got a lot of uh, experience. And just through the process of the hiring process, I say, he, he really jumped out. And, you know, just his knowledge of the game. But the thing that really resonated with John Roman and I was just his ability to connect. And what I mean by that is connecting with today's, you know, student athlete. Um, very good at social media. So I wanted somebody, you know, we wanted somebody different than, I guess, myself and John. And I think TJ brings brings that to the table, you know, with the social media you know, again, just uh, and being able to walk into that locker room, you know, and, and connecting with everybody because he has that kind of personality, kind of like similar what John Ronan had when he when he volunteered here, and it just made for a seamless locker room. Speaking of social media, <laughs> you have finally plunged into Twitter. At, uh, you're at Rick Bennett 54. Uh, I was kind of funny. Like, so I, I, you know, Mike, Mike Schaefer recently uh, uh, joined Twitter, and I you know, jokingly said on Twitter, I mean, who's next, Rick Bennett? And lo and behold, you're on Twitter now. It's like, what, the, what happened? You're, I know you're not the social media type, but you know, what, what led you to get on Twitter? Well, quite I, it was just one of those things that you better get in the now <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, stay, to stay current. Now, you know, I, I'm very apprehensive of it. You know, pick and choose what I want to put up. And, you know, I kind of looked at a lot of other people and what they did. And that's why I obviously went a little bit of a different direction with the picture. But, you know, that's, you know, you have to throw your individual, you know, individuality in there too as well. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. And it's been actually a lot of fun. And, you know, I look forward to learning a lot more. Is that a picture of Chuck Halley? Because number fifty-four. No, no, that is uh, the best football player. You should know this, Ken. Is the best football player ever, Randy White, Dallas. That's Cowboys. right. Yeah, Randy White. I should have known better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was. He was a. Uh, he was a mean old guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's the nicest guy. You know what they always say, and you probably know this in hockey: the meanest guy, or one of the meanest guys, when played, but when the game is over. One of the nicest guys. Yeah, and you know, always respected that. And you know, he's such a team team guy. And you know, I guess his nickname kind of says it all: the monster, half man, half monster. So yeah, <laughs> he definitely played like it. Well, always, uh, my Eagles always saw him twice a year, so he was a, a interesting. You know, always going up against uh, Jaworski and R- Wilbur Montgomery back in the day. So yeah, right. yeah. So you and I can exchange uh, pleasantries on the Cowboys Eagles this year on Twitter. That's. <laughs> That's right. That'll be absolutely, and I think that's kind of fun. 
we'll keep it. We'll definitely keep it clean and friendly. No, 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 no bad stuff. But uh, one last question for you. Um, you know, ben Barr was recently in coach at uh, head coach at Maine. Uh, obviously, you worked with him at Union when you were associate head coach. He was assistant under Nate Lehman. You guys will get to go to you know, face Ben uh, in December for two games. Uh, what are your thoughts about Ben taking over at Maine? You know, it was kind of, it was really interesting because it kind of came down to Ben Barr and Joe Bume. So, you know, I was kind of torn. But, you know, I worked with Ben when I was, you know, an assistant coach and worked with Joe in a different seat here as the coach. And, you know, it was really different uh, kind of being on both their, their references. So thank goodness I wasn't asked about uh, Ben throughout the process. So it was really interesting throughout it. But, you know, both those guys were ready. But Ben, you know, obviously Ben's, you know, track record here recently. Um, and just obviously, is, uh, you know, how it all played out. Ben, you know, got the job and he's he's ready for it. And, you know, I look forward to going against him up, up there at Maine for a couple. It'll, it'll be fun. I tell you what, had an unbelievable time with Ben Barr uh, here. You know, our, our three years together down in the office uh, together, and he was just a he just just a phenomenal guy. And you got to feel good for him uh, getting that national championship a couple months ago with uh, UMass. Absolutely, and then having having twins during it, and it was you know him and his wife Tara. So he's had a full he's had a full gamut going on right right now. He's, he's I would say busy. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, early in, in, in uh, this coming season, another former Union uh, player, uh, Chris Mayotte, the goaltender, will be coming in with Colorado College. So it's almost like alumni, uh, the, the, the alumni year this year. Yeah, Chris, again, another super guy. I was only here, um, I came, was lucky enough to, to work with Chris my first year here as an assistant. And, you know, it was a little different back then because Nate, ran the goalie sessions so a lot of us or i would uh, get out there and just be one of the shooters and have have fun with chris and i'll tell you what it really just kind of hit it off and he had a great year uh for us that year i believe it was uh 05, 06. and chris like we finished i think book 500 that year and i thought we won the stanley cup here and i was wondering why <laughs> and then I, then years later now i understand it yeah and i Chris, Chris was a huge part of that. He had an excellent year that year. Well, speaking of Stanley Cup, have you been paying attention to what's been going on? Yeah, I've, I've you know, for the most part, I, I have to say that when the streetlights come on, I haven't kind of caught that uh, the Avalanche uh, Vegas stuff as much as I have the Islanders and the and the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, of course, the big surprise has been the Montreal Canadiens, the way they've been playing all of a sudden. Yeah. You're down 3-1 in Toronto. All of a sudden, they've won what, seven straight, and now they're, they're in the semifinals. Yes, our team psychologist, Dr. Wally Bizdell, is a Montreal Canadiens fan, so I'm sure I'm going to – I won't hear the end of this. But that's <laughs> that's that's good for him. He, he needs to brag about that a while because they, they, uh, they, they've been on the schneid for a while there. Yeah, of course, if my, a Canadian team is not – any Canadian team has not won a cup since 93 is when Montreal did it. So it's, just, uh, it's, a, it's a national crisis up there, I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, that's that's not the only uh, national crisis going on up there too, as far as you know, some other issues. But I'll tell you, it's you know, it's just nice to see. I think it gives 
it gives that community some, something to rally around, and hopefully they're able to put more than 2,500 people in the in that building that can probably seat about 20, it seems. So, you know, I hope it works out for everybody. Yeah. Well, Rick, I appreciate it. A few minutes. Always good, great talking with you. And I guess, you know, once, once we get to, to the football season, we'll have, have some fun Twitter exchanges as well. Sounds good, Kenneth. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Have a great summer. You too. Thank you. Take care. Former Union hockey player Jack Adams joins me next. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. Hi, this is Miles Reed, editor of the Daily Gazette. These are difficult times. For most of us, the coronavirus crisis has been a time of unprecedented upheaval, uncertainty, and fear. What does it all mean for our health, our families, our jobs, and our futures? At the Daily Gazette, our journalists have been working tirelessly to answer these questions and many more that have come up during this whole pandemic. How many people have tested positive locally? How many have died? Has anyone died in the local nursing homes? Now, in these difficult times, we're turning to you to support our work by purchasing a subscription or making a donation to help fund our daily efforts. With your support, these are the questions we're continuing to report on. Every day, our reporters and photographers have been working the streets and the phones to answer these critical questions. And every day, they answer the bell with their timely and well-documented reports from the front lines in the region. Behind the scenes, the rest of our editorial team, including our sports writers, copy editors, and digital producers, have been wholly focused on covering the COVID-19 story. During this critical time, everyone here at the paper is working to provide important news and information to keep the community safe and connected. But our ability to serve our community is being threatened by some economic challenges posed by the pandemic. We have stay-at-home orders, business closures, and school shutdowns, and they're contributing to the massive instability in the local business landscape. Despite all of these changes, the Gazette will remain committed to serving the community for many years to come, just as we've been doing unfailingly for the past 125 years. So please go to thedailygazette.com and donate or purchase a subscription to the Daily Gazette. Thank you, be well, and please keep reading. Hi, this is Harborside Hal Wafer. I'm the manager of the River Sportsbook at Rivers Casino and Resort. Now, it's always a winning bet to listen to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. My next guest is former Union College hockey player Jack Adams. He's not done with college hockey yet. After playing six games for Providence College last season, Adams will head to Notre Dame. We also talked about Raymond Cook. Here's my interview with Jack Adams and a warning. There is some colorful language. Well, Jack, uh, welcome back to the uh, podcast. I hope you, I know we're not at summer yet, although it feels like summer right now. I hope everything's going well for you. Yeah, likewise, Ken. Good to hear from you. Appreciate it. First of all, uh, let's uh, discuss some sad news uh, involving uh, Union College Hockey. And you tweeted this out, and I was the first to see that from your tweet, uh, the passing of a longtime Union College employee and uh, devoted uh, hockey fan, uh, Raymond Cook, uh, better known as Cookie, uh, died last Thursday at the age of 57. I, I remember Cookie, uh, you know, coming to the practices when I was covering the team. He sit in the stands and you know, he talk a little bit. And 
and, I, and honestly, I didn't know who he was until you know, I just read the article. I, I mean, I, I had no idea he actually worked for the college. But uh, uh, what was Cookie like? He's the whole world. I mean, I'm one of the guys the 2014 team can probably, uh, you know, speak a little more on behalf than I can because he was around a lot more. But no, for us, he was just like a good presence always. I mean, playing for Union sometimes stressful because you know Coach Rick is uh, Coach Bennett's obviously pretty demanding. So having a Cookie around, have a smile on his face, and always making us feel welcome around the college was definitely great. You know, seeing him in the campus, seeing him in the dining halls, and. He was just a huge part of the program. He went to every single practice, like you said. He was always uh, at our pregame meals, you know, cracking jokes, showing us pictures of the old teams and old memories and stuff like that. He came to our team parties. So he was just, you know, he was the whole package. And obviously that was a travesty But I think he obviously had some great memories to go out with with the 2014 win and all the great relationships he made. So I think all the uh, the aftermath of his past in the last week of all the support and nice messages about cookies really showed how good of a guy he was and yeah. how much of an impact he had the Union College hockey program. Yeah, just reading some of the quotes in uh, Michael Kelly's story in Sunday's Gazette, which is still online at dailygazette.com, by the way. Uh, just, I mean, just the story about the, the guys after winning the East Regional in Bridgeport in 2014, first thing they were thinking of how, how they were getting Cookie to uh, Philadelphia for the Frozen Four. Yeah, no, that was special. I mean, I think uh, guys in the article like Frankie and Coach Bennett and everyone did a great great job you know speaking on cookies behalf and no i think he was a huge uh, a huge part of the culture in that 2014 win and i think a lot of the guys that i played with especially the older guys like cole byer and watson them really uh you know made sure that cookie was an integral part of our team and program with all the messages he left us and always made sure he was a part of everything we did so hopefully the uh, the boys going forward can you know keep his legacy alive by string along some w's going forward yeah so uh, let's talk about you a little bit. Uh, you, you know, left Union to go play at Providence this past season. It, what it didn't really work out? It didn't seem like you played a few games, but uh, really didn't uh, didn't. It was it seemed like a tough season. What, what happened at Providence? Yeah, I just wasn't ready. I mean, it's truly really that simple. Like I just, I wasn't even. My knee wasn't even close to being ready. Like when I got there, I got COVID like really, really bad. So that you know set me back three weeks. So I couldn't skate for like almost a month straight because I was on lockdown basically. So that was really difficult. And the team was starting to play really good when I got there. So joining a, a roster, you know, midseason was just, you know, kind of difficult. But, I mean, it was a great situation for me. It gave me the chance to work with a great staff and get healthy. And, um, you know, just work on my game. Right? I just wasn't ready to play. I mean, I couldn't even do a bodyweight squat when I was there. My knee just wasn't allowing me to do anything. So... By the end of the season, I actually got in the lineup, which was really exciting, and I was really playing my best hockey at the end of the year, doing really well in practice. And obviously, we missed a tournament, which we thought we should have made, and we're disappointed about that. But I made some amazing friendships, Ken, that I can honestly consider some of those guys are my best friends now. So it's an amazing program with an amazing staff, and I still talk to Beeler and Coach Ben, uh, Coach Lehman, and Roly, you know, all the time. And they're a huge part of my family's life and my life now. And I'm so grateful that I got to, uh, you know be a part of the Friar family for a year where wear my uh, brother's number for a bit. Yeah. Now, you're, you're going to continue your college career. Uh, you're going to go for your master's degree at Notre Dame. What led to that decision? Uh, why uh, move to another team instead of staying at Providence? Yes, I've, I've never, ever in my whole entire life, I've, I've never been a person to bounce around. I've always been a guy who's like to, you know, finish what I started. I did it in Malden Catholic, did it in USHL, and obviously tried 
doing a union we'll get into that later but obviously uh you know i the providence long story short they, they only accepted 50 of my credits so i couldn't uh i couldn't get a degree a feasible time period financially and academically so i had to uh make a decision to allow myself to get my degree on time at Union, which I'm so grateful that the college allowed me to come back and get my degree this spring. And it would have been, it would have been tough to, you know, go back to Providence where they don't really have a master's program that really, you know, suits my interests and my skill set. So I was kind of empty handed for a while. didn't really know what I was going to do. And then Notre Dame came home pretty aggressively and, uh, you know, gave me an offer that I obviously just couldn't pass up on. So I'm so excited for uh, that opportunity. What are you going to uh, get your master's in? Uh, business. Okay. Uh, what What about Notre Dame? Obviously, you're going to play for Jeff Jackson, who's won a couple of national ch- championships when he was at Lake Superior. Uh, how do you think you're going to fit in there? I mean, and, and finally to get a chance to play a full season. Yeah, I, I, I'm just so excited. I'm just I'm so healthy now, and like, we'll get to that later. But no, it's just they they recruited me really hard in the fall, and I mean I kind of wanted to go there, but I couldn't get in academically with the uh, the transfer credits, so. Um, you know, they've checked it on me half the season, and that's what my plans were. And then um, that kind of ended there, and then they came at me pretty hard afterward. Again, gave me an opportunity that I really couldn't say no to. So, I mean, Coach Jackson and Coach Slags and Pooley seem to uh, know my game pretty well, and Coach Bennett and, pretty, and Coach Pooley are actually pretty close. So um, I think that also went into the decision. But, no, it's just an amazing opportunity with the best of both worlds with playing and arguably one of the best conferences in the country and a, a story program with an amazing, you know, academic uh, reputation that will help me post hockey. So it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, I mean, you were drafted by the Detroit Red Wings. What were their thoughts about that? Uh, obviously, you'll be what, 25, but when you uh, graduate next year? No, I mean, they've been really great. They're actually having me out to train with them for three weeks in July. I mean, I just had a pretty, you know, tough deck of cards the last few years. With I mean, I was coming on really strong after my sophomore year, and then. Obviously, the whole ACL thing happened, so um, yeah, it, it just pushed it back a little bit. But I've always been like a late bloomer, honestly. I've, I've always developed a little bit later, so I think I'm really starting to come into my own. And they've been really helpful with their guidance and uh, you know so on forth going forward. So I'm excited to get out there in July and get to work with them, and you know hopefully impress them next year. Man, how frustrating is it between the ACL, the COVID? I mean, just it almost like you lost a couple years of uh, playing hockey. Yeah, it's just, it was kind of a shit show with, you know, the ACL. I mean, injuries happened, but the whole canceled season, I think that just really, you know, was just really unnecessary. And, um, you know, it really hurt a lot of us. And I think it put us a lot of guys in tough situations. And um, so, yeah, that was, you know, really frustrating. That, you know, led to Providence, which was obviously hard to join a team midseason. So it was just a lot of, you know, tough, you know, situations that unfolded, you know, back to back, which – you know, made things a little bit harder for me personally, but, you know, you can't feel sorry for yourself and you have to, you know, find solutions and hopefully I have with Notre Dame and hopefully I can, uh, you know, have a great, you know, experience. Yeah. Let's talk about you know, your years at Union and the, and the constant, you know, obviously they canceled their season uh, in, for 2021. And uh, uh, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, you're looking back, I mean, was that decision the right decision? I mean, they weren't the other no. ones, obviously the Ivy Leagues, an RPI. No, also. it was it was completely unnecessary. It makes literally no sense scientifically or anything like that. So, yeah, I literally have the utmost respect for Jim McLaughlin, and I don't really think it was his call. But you no, know, I just I, I thought it was completely unnecessary, and um, 
I thought it was a huge slap in the face to guys like Sean Harrison and Drew Blackman, and Taylor Briarly, who, you know, worked their asses off to, you know, like Drew Blackman, for example, moved to Cape Cod and then worked his balls off all summer, 6 a.m., skated four times a week, you know, bus killed himself. And then to get a phone call, you know, the last day before the season starts, we're going to cancel. It's just, you know, completely wrong in my opinion. And, um, you know, it is what it is, but thankful for my opportunity at Union, but I just really don't think after going to Providence and seeing how we played, I just really don't think that we had to cancel our season at all. I mean, it's really unfortunate. And we saw at the fact toward the end where Clarkson ended up um, canceling its season before they started the playoffs. It was just a, just a crazy crazy year in ECAC hockey. I mean, I, it, it was tough. I mean, I, I, I could see both sides of the equation with the situation. I mean, I mean Union was in lockdown coming out into the winter term and so I mean who knows what could have happened if they could have played or not played it's no I, I get it. yeah it's tough I mean they have to make decisions that are best for the student body and again I understand that I mean I don't really think Jim it wasn't really Jim say but it's just it's tough man we and I watched the whole country play so we easily could have we had a great solution for it and I look at the ECAs this year I think we had a really good team coming back with Darian and Matt we had a really good decor and some good guys up front so it's just really upsetting that, you know, we couldn't get to, uh, you know, finish a senior year that we all dreamt of. And it really, you know, made some relationships harder with leaving and stuff like that. It just sucks. I really was looking forward to playing for Coach Bennett for one more year and Ronan and, you know, everyone. It's just really unfortunate to, that it transpired like that. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you think the future of the program is? I mean, obviously, you know, they, they lose the year and, uh, yeah, recruits will get it. You know, they, they have, I don't think they've announced their 2021 recruits yet. Obviously, the 2020 recruits are going to be coming in. So, what's the future like for Union and some of the other programs who took the year off? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be hard for them. I mean, like, it's, it's hard not playing for a year. You can't really replicate a game in practice. You know what I mean? So, that's going to be a hurdle. They basically have like two freshman classes, but like the culture, I think, is really good. I mean, I think Coach Bennett and Coach Ronan have done a great job with recruiting a lot of character guys like this freshman class this year was phenomenal i love those guys it's a great group of kids and i think cozy will do an amazing job leading them and um they have a great decor with horny back there and all those guys estes etc so i think they have a really good guys you know some good talent it's just hard not playing for a year but i think coach bennett's one of the best coaches in the country and he'll really have that team kicking and rolling but i mean i think going forward it's gonna you know college hockey is getting so competitive and I think hopefully if Union can develop a plan, I think they are with, you know, scholarships and, um, you know, a new rink and et cetera. I mean, I think it could be a goldmine because I think the Union, like as a student, it's one of the best places to go to college in the country for a student athlete with the trimester system. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I love that. Like, I think it's the, the one of the one of the best places in the country to develop with the resource they have. I think Coach Gailman is one of the best strength coaches, if not the best strength coach in the country. Obviously, Rick and Ronan are fantastic. Cheryl's great. Doc Wally's great. So, and then the trimesters, it's, it's so easy to balance hockey in school. So, I think if they can find a way to squeeze out some scholarships and, you know, renovations, I mean, I, I really think that Coach Bennett can get this place back to, you know, where it belongs because it's, you know, I think Union's way too good to, you know, turn into a program that got away from where it was in the early 2010s. So, I think uh, hopefully going forward with the fan base they have and the alumni support, Hopefully I can help someday, someday with that, but I really think that uh, if they get some scholarships and renovations that 
you know, this program could really, I don't know, the program going forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, since they won the championship in 2014, they've sort of gone on a, a downward trend. They've only made one NCAA tournament since then, and it, they, they really haven't built off the momentum of the championship, and I, I think a lot of the fans are concerned as to why that is. Well, you have to look at, like, what Coach Bennett's dealt with, you know? I mean, it's not really like he's given an amazing deck of cards, you know what I mean? I looked at Providence, for example, like, I went there and got to, re- got to see what, what it was like, and it's like, I mean, it's just, in order to respect the union, it's just like night and day, like, Coach Lehman doesn't really have to, you know, deal with all the fundraising and all that kind of stuff. Rick has to do, like, literally everything, and that's a lot for a coach who's trying to focus on recruiting and winning hockey games, but Coach Bennett has to do a lot of things, and I think in today's day and age, with the new generation of kids, they like the whole renovations and the nice, the nice facility and the full rides and like getting their butts kissed. And that's just not the Union College way. And you need to find a certain kind of recruit that can, you know, fill that skill set, like Danny Carr and you know Sullivan Hatchy and Fax, all those guys. They're just blue collar guys. You know what I mean? Who didn't really care about all the prima donna stuff. So. I think that, you know, Coach Bennett's getting that culture back. I think this new hire, this new assistant coach is fantastic. I've heard nothing but amazing things from him. So I think that's a great, you know, uh, new new addition to the staff with JR, who's also, in my opinion, one of the better assistants in college hockey. And I'm so thankful for all he did for me. So I think they have a really, you know, good chance to get back. It's just they need to give Coach Bennett some resources because he's done so much for that school. And I sometimes, you know, hope that the school will, you know, favor him and reward him with, you know, some money to keep moving this program forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, well, you mentioned Coach Lehman. Uh, yeah, Nate's been mentioned in some rumors about NHL jobs, particularly the Buffalo Sabres uh, situation. I know a few years ago he was mentioned with the Islanders job until Barry Trotz became available. Uh, do you see Nate leaving college hockey to become a head coach in the NHL? It's, like, weird, man. Like, he's, like, he's the best game planner I've ever seen in my entire life, ever. Like, like we played uh, UConn the last, you know, weekend of the season. He literally told us, like, they're going to do uh, this in the face-offs, this on their four-check, and this in their power play. And if we stop these three things, we will win. And they literally did those exact three things. Like, and it's funny because Nate's, like, pretty, like, kind of quirky. He's pretty shy, pretty quiet but he's just a, a, a literal genius, you know what I mean? So, I mean, he, he's really demanding and he's really hard in his players. So um, I think that he would adjust to, like, the NHL lifestyle with, like, the player-coach dynamic because he's done at the World Junior level and obviously the World Championships. He won the bronze medal. So the guy just wins, man. I, I don't really know what more he needs to do to prove himself. And he really cares what his players off the ice, you know what I mean? Like, even after I left Providence, he was constantly checking in on me and – just kind of shooting the shit and talking and taking me to lunch and stuff like that. He's just an amazing human being. And the, the, the one thing he does so well is he just creates a culture of guys that just want to win for each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no egos whatsoever there. You know, they, they welcome me with open arms and I talk to those guys every single day of the week. Cause it's literally because of the, the, the culture he creates. I, I think if you give him a chance at the pro level to do that with some better players, I mean, I, I don't know why he could, you know, build up, playoff caliber team every year with his hockey mindset the character so you know I, I think he deserves an opportunity he's won a championship at every level he's coached at i think he loves the college level because he has pretty good job security but i, I really think that if he goes to the pro level he would absolutely flourish 
Yeah, but of course we've seen the situations where yeah, Dave Haxtell really didn't work out in Philadelphia. David Quinn, I mean, he seemed to be getting things, Rangers on the right track until James Dolan. That was a bizarre fire. Yeah, James Dolan. I mean, I don't understand. James Dolan was so when, – when did he finally care about the, the Rangers all of a sudden? See, I mean, so worry about the Knicks. And, you know, the Rangers seem to be doing fine. I mean, they. I mean, they took a you know, slight step back this past season, but I don't think to the point where you you fire everybody. I know they Rangers called out the NHL and uh, George Paris for the player safety situation with Tom Wilson, and quite frankly, rightly so. But, uh, but then well, I thought your 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 flyer your flyers can were a lot more underachieving than oh, the Rangers you, this year. Oh, so like, yeah, yeah, I'm not really it. sure why like Quinny would get the short end of the stick, and uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of a weird situation. Yeah, I just I, I don't understand that. I mean, you, you fire a, a popular Ranger and John Davidson, and there's something something. I mean, it seems, it, to me, some some shenanigans going on. I don't know if Glenn Sather has James Dolan's ear or not, but uh, it just seemed kind of the whole thing seemed bizarre. Chris Drury's great too, though. I mean, he, I actually know him pretty well. He's uh, he's pretty good buddies with my dad, so I think he'll do a really good job with you know moving that program forward. And they have so they have so many character guys there with like. Colin Blackwell and Rooney and Foxy. So, like, they have some really, you know, good guys there to build off, and they have a great young core. So, if they add some, you know, veteran pieces, maybe they'll, uh, you know, figure it out soon and make a good playoff run. Yeah, and what about your Red Wings? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're obviously still in a rebuild. I, think, I, don't, I don't think there's a better GM in NHL than Steve Eiserman. So, I see firsthand, you know, weekly, monthly with how good they are at their prospects. So, I mean, you know, I think that it's a great, you know, future, hopefully, if we keep putting right pieces in place. And hopefully uh, they have a great, uh, you know, AHL program in Grand Rapids. So, um, you know, they they can speak better on it than I could. But it seems like Steve Eisenman and Blash and Ryan Martin, Hork and Clears and all the right things to get the program and the uh, organization back on the right track. Yeah, And I'll, I'll be careful I word this question because I don't want to get you in trouble with the Red Wings organization. But the fact that... Steve Eisman has stuck with Dave Blashill, who wasn't his hire. Uh, obviously, Blashill was uh, Ken Holland's hire uh, before Eisman came in as GM. But the fact that you know, he, Blashill just got a contract extension, does that show you and the organization that, yeah, despite the struggles the Red Wings have in the last couple of years, it's not the coach's fault? Yeah, I, mean, I think if you look at Blashill's coaching trajectory, he's won every single place he's been at, right? Like, he won in the USHL and all. I think he won at Western Michigan. He won in the AHL in Grand Rapids. So, I mean, he's a pretty storied coach. And obviously he was uh, almost like Rick Bennett to a sense. He was, he was at the place at the top. And then obviously some guys got older and retired and they turned to a rebuild. So, um, I've heard nothing but great things. I know Tori Krug, I'm good buddies with coach, uh, played for Blash in Indiana and you show. And he absolutely loved him. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a, uh, Obviously, people are going to, you know, not really understand what goes on from the outside lens. But, I mean, I've heard nothing but great things. He's always been really good to me when I met him at camp and stuff. So, uh, you know, he seems like he knows what he's doing. So, I really think it's, uh, you know, a good face of the franchise going forward. Yeah. Well, Jack, always appreciate a few minutes uh, talking hockey with you. And uh, good luck at Notre Dame. We'll obviously follow your process there, or progress there as the season goes along. And, you know, hopefully uh, down the road you're talking in the NHL with with me and uh, some other people. And uh, uh, but just don't don't do well against my Flyers, all right? No, yeah, I appreciate that, Ken. I always appreciate uh, all the stuff that you and Mike do for the program. I mean, it's really appreciate it. You guys are always loyal to us and always uh, 
you know, trying to uh, promote us the best you can. So good luck to you as well. All right. Thanks, Jack. All right. Take care, Ken. I'll be back to wrap up the podcast and announce the latest winner in the Daily Gazette Auto Racing Contest in just a moment. The NASCAR season is here, and it's time to play at the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest. Go to dailygazette.com to sign up and play. Predict the order of finish of each race via your auto racing account. The fan with the most correct points for the race will win a $50 grocery card and have their name mentioned on the Party Shots podcast and printed in Friday's Daily Gazette. The fan with the most overall points at the end of the season wins the $250 grocery card. You can also win a $75 Visa gift card provided by Second Street if you're the weekly national winner. If you are the overall national winner, you will win a trip for two to the 2022 Daytona 500. So go to dailygazette.com, sign up, and play today. The Daily Gazette Auto Racing Contest is run by the Daily Gazette Advertising Department and not associated with the Daily Gazette Sports Department. Hi, this is Daily Gazette sports writer Jim Schultz. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette associate sports editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. The Week 16 winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest is Ed Van Wagenen of Albany. Ed wins a $50 grocery card. Congratulations, Ed. The VIP winner was Anthony Manning of Colonial Car Wash. I'll be announcing the weekly winner of the contest and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. Keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you're doing in this difficult time. That wraps up another edition of the Party Shots podcast. I would like to thank Rick Bennett and Jack Adams for coming on the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Party Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Party Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports.